Okay, letting your eyes stay closed or go ahead and let them blink, blink open. This is Mary Oliver. Will the hungry ox stand in the field and not eat of the sweet grass? Will the owl bite off its own wings? Will the lark forget to lift its body in the air or forget to sing? Will the rivers run upstream? Behold, I say, behold the reliability and the finery and the teachings of this gritty earth gift. Eat bread and understand comfort. Drink water and understand delight. Visit the garden where the scarlet trumpets are opening their bodies for the hummingbirds who are drinking the sweetness, who are thrillingly gluttonous. For one thing leads to another. Soon you will notice how stones shine underfoot. Eventually tides will be the only calendar you believe in. And someone's face whom you love will be as a star, both intimate and ultimate, and you will both be heart-shaken and respectful. And you will hear the air itself like a beloved whisper. Oh, let me for a while longer enter the two beautiful bodies of your lungs. The witchery of living is the whole conversation with you, my darlings. All I can tell you is what I know. Look and look again. This world is not just a little thrill for the eyes. It's more than bones. It's more than the delicate wrist with its personal pulse. It's more than the beating of the single heart. It's praising. It's giving until the giving feels like receiving. You have a life. Just imagine that. You have this day and maybe another and maybe still another. Someday, this part always makes me cry, I'm going to ask my friend Paulus, the dancer, the potter, to make me a baking bowl, which I believe my soul needs. And if I come to you to the door of your comfortable house with unwashed clothes and unclean fingernails, will you put something into it? I would like to take this chance, and I would like to give you this chance. We can do one thing or another. We stay the same or we change. Congratulations if you have changed. Let me ask you this. Do you also think that beauty exists for some fabulous reason? And if you have not been enchanted by this adventure, your life, what would do it for you? What I loved in the beginning, I think, was mostly myself. Never mind, that, never mind that I had to, so somebody had to. That was many years ago. Since then, I have gone out from my confinements, though with difficulty. I mean the ones that thought to rule my heart. I cast them out. I put them on the mush pile. They will be nourishment somehow. Everything is nourishment somehow or another. And I have become the child of the clouds and of hope. I have become the friend of the enemy, whoever that is. I have become older and cherishing what I have learned, I've become younger. And what do I risk to tell you this, which is all I know? Love yourself, 
then forget it, then love the world. Oh, I knew I wasn't going to make it through. <laughs> it's just how it is. Um, okay, that's the framework from our cla- for our class today, friends. Love yourself, then forget it, and then love the world. So the question that was asked of last week, we talked about that quote. Um, I'm like, pull yourself together, Audra. <laughs> I talked about that quote um, from... It's this teaching about Hanuman and Ram. And Ram, who is God, asks Hanuman, who is the monkey deity, he says, Hanuman, who are you? And Hanuman says, when I forget who I am, I serve, right? I serve you. And when I remember who I am, I am you. And Mary Oliver says this, essentially the exact same thing in this poem, where she says, give until the giving feels like receiving, right? And that, my friends, is, um, I think, the best definition of service that I can think of. So we have, um, we have some ways in which to work with this. I took my kids um, on a camping trip this past week. We went up to a lake that we used to go to um, back in my old married life. And I didn't know that there was more um, grief territory to be trodden. (laughs) However, there absolutely was. um, And it was pretty profound. My daughter said, we are an emotional family. And so it was like we spent two really intense days, the three of us, laughing and processing and crying and being with whatever was. Um, And then we were like, that's good, and went home. But in the mornings, I would go on these hikes while the kids were still sleeping, just like a five mile, like two and a half up and two and a half back up to this lake. But it was some nice elevation gain. It was gorgeous. Um, And I was noticing it was so funny on the way up, just how like present I was eating the wild blueberries from the side of the path and teaching my dog to eat them. It was really funny to see if he could, I could teach him to pick them. And I totally could. Um, and noticing the freedom of my dog and how happy he was and me kind of like running, walking, moving fast and then moving slower and being just really present with the smells of the forest. And then I got up to the top and sat by the lake and did my meditation practice and was only there for like 10 minutes, kind of like, yay, I got there. And then went back down and again was like with my dog and with myself and watching and smelling and um, breathing and being alive, like so present. And on the second day that I did this, I was like, oh my God, it's so funny how we were like, okay, we got to the top and then the top, the peak, right, of whatever is happening We stay there for a couple of minutes, and then we go back down. (laughs) Um, All of this to say that the work we engage in is the point, right? The service we engage in, the way that we are present for each moment is the point. There is no there, right? There's no there there. There is only here. Um, And I felt, you know, we can understand that intellectually, but I felt it so much in my body In this moment, it really felt like the teaching integrated inside of me in this new way. And so then it becomes this interesting inquiry. Okay, well, so just checking my notes. 
If you have the walking up, which is like the anticipation of the view and like enjoying the dog and the berries and the smells and all of that, and then you have the view and then you go the back down and you have the appreciation for the perspective you got by making it there, the understanding that you can do difficult things. Um, the, and again, then the breath and the smells and the joy, right, of the return, which is part of the, the hero's journey. Um, and so then the inquiry becomes, okay, well, most of it is just the journey, right? It's the engagement of the moment of what we're doing right now, of being in service to the moment. And I looked up the etymology of service, um, and it's hilarious. You guys should totally look it up. I won't go into it. It's very long. But the first one, the first um, place it comes from, from like BC times, is public worship, right? A public worshiping of what's happening right now, a public like um, practice of devotion, right? And so I was like, think of this, I was like, oh, that's like the going up and the coming down is this like sort of beautiful out in the open devotion to life, to the moment, to presence, right? Um, And so then the question becomes, friends, do you want to hike, do the metaphorical hike in shoes that are comfortable? Or do you want to do the metaphorical hike in shoes that pinch? And remind us always this constant kind of ever-present reminder of what's wrong, right? And I don't know about you, but I want to have, like, water on my hike, and I want to have um, my beloved companions with me, my dog mostly, (laughs) and I want to have shoes that are comfortable so I'm not thinking about them. I want to give myself the opportunity to be able to practice devotion in a way that is comfortable, to be of service in a way that is comfortable and free and not pinching and a constant reminder of what might be wrong or the story that we tell ourselves that might be wrong. Um, there's, it's not a coincidence, I think, that in this poem, Mary Oliver says, eat bread and understand comfort, drink water and understand delight. And then shortly thereafter, it's giving until the giving feels like receiving. Right? So first we give to ourselves to allow ourselves the opportunity to feel comfort and ease and freedom so that then we bring that to every single moment in our lives the best that we possibly can. Um, so each moment we have an opportunity to say yes, right? to practice love, to realign ourselves with love. And that, to me, is ultimately what service is, um, is aligning ourselves with love in each moment. Because if we're moving from that place, then we can't help but reach out, right, um, into the world and to offer ease to other people, to allow there to be ease for other people. I was talking to my mom yesterday, and I have a friend who's on the struggle bus right now, and she might um, come up. To, to see me um, from California. And I just got self-conscious. Maybe she's watching. I think she's. But anyway, I'm just going to use the story because what my mom said was so beautiful and is really on topic. And, you know, last time she was here, we had, like, it was, like, kind of a big cry sesh on my couch, which is beautiful. And I had this feeling. I was like, oh, if you come up, I hope you 
know that you can come and cry on my couch anytime, that you can come with your baker bowl and I will put something in it without judgment and that that's a safe space. And my mom said to me, she goes, I don't know what else there is in this life except for that if we can lighten some, help to lighten someone else's load for them, to help hold them up every once in a while. And I thought that that was so beautiful. And so it's this kind of funny paradox where um, we can be with ourselves in a way that is comfortable, right? And then when we are able to do that, we have the capacity then to offer that spaciousness, that expansiveness, that non-judgment, that curiosity for someone else. So then what pinches? (laughs) What do we do in our lives that pinches, especially in regards to service? Um, We care about the outcome. Like we get real attached to the outcome. Like what's going to happen? If I do this, then I want to get this, right? Um, That's number one. And they talk about that. We can talk about that in regards to the Bhagavad Gita another time. And then we also manipulate. I am so guilty of this to get a particular outcome, right? And I usually, uh, oh, it went out. It's going to try again. Um, And I usually try to um, do this by practicing perfectionism, which leads us to the next one which is another thing that pinches another shoe that pinches on the metaphorical hike is an intolerance for imperfection, right? And then negative self-talk. Those are all things that I think that we do in in judgment as well. I think, did I say that one? Um, That pinch, right? That keep us constricted, that keep us in the small stuck place. And so then what can we do to practice comfort? Like Mary Oliver says, to eat bread, and understand comfort, to nourish ourselves. That's what she's saying. We can practice trust. We can practice surrender. We can practice love. We can be practice being in service for the sake of service, so no outcome, right? No needing for there to be an outcome. We can give freely because we trust in the abundance of the universe, right? We know that enoughness is something that can exist for everyone in all areas of our life, right? Um, And we can trust that the universe and the world is a kind place. And those are things, right? If the shoe is pinching and calling us back to the suffering again and again, these are ways that we can practice expansiveness. Right? And all of this is available to us in the present moment. Right, When we think about the past, it's a worry that we've somehow done it, done it wrong, that we're bad and wrong. When we think about the future, it's in the anxiety of wanting to predict or manipulate a certain outcome. And so all of these um, tools that we can use for comfort are available to us right now. And the more we begin to watch our minds and catch ourselves moving in this direction or that direction, the more we're going to be available to joy, to practice joy, to practice love, and also to be of service. Um, And so that, I think, is what Hanuman says um, to Ram, right? Is that when I forget who I am, when I'm wearing the pinchy shoes, I serve you. So everything in service to love, everything in alignment to love. And then when I remember who I am, I am you, right? Which is remembering that there is no disconnection, that God is the breath inside the breath, that we are together all the time and that our energy matters, right? Even when we're alone, even when we're practicing all of this um, social distancing, 
that there's that what we're doing and what we're thinking in our mind affects others and we can talk more about that at another time okay i think that's it let me look oh i just want to say so like if we're thinking about service in this way as every moment it makes it so that the laundry the yard work I was picking mint for my garden to make tea, the diapers, the comforting, the grocery shopping, the every single act we um, engage with in our life, right? Like walking up the path, each step can then be an act of devotion, a public worshiping of like the miracle that we're even in this freaking body portal through which we get to view the universe. And that's part of catching ourselves, right? Because when we're picking the mint leaves, when we're doing the laundry, when we're changing the diapers, if we're in the story, we're not really there. And I know for myself that when I can come back and really be there, that those are the moments when I feel content. Maybe not elated happiness all the time, but a deep sense of um, alignment and contentment. Um, Okay, we're going to start with a block. And you're going to need a wall space to sit up against. If you don't have a wall space, if you're practicing outside or something like that, don't worry about it. Okay, Um, we've got a practice, and then we're going to meet on Zoom afterwards. I hope to see you there. And I love you so much. Thank you for being here.